Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Hello and welcome to the British Canoeing coaching podcast. Now this week we are discussing something slightly different and we have Helena Russo from British Canoeing um, and we're talking about equality, diversity and inclusion and the considerations around coaching um, within paddle sports. So Helena herself has a background in sports development it started with netball, um, being a women's and girls netball development officer, also as a coach with sort of qualifications throughout netball, badminton, rugby, um, and is a volunteer at netball club currently. She is a sup paddler, um, but loves lots of sports, so running, climbing, lifting, um, has tried a few sprint triathlons, good on her, because I couldn't, <laughs> um, and then is her role at British Canoeing, um, involving equality, diversity, inclusion, um, and it's, it's really, really interesting. It's a conversation I'm looking forward to having, and I think coaches are going to massively benefit from. So, Helena, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Lovely. Thank you very much. So, um, obviously, I've, I've just introduced you. Could you just give us a, a sort of a, a brief introduction to your um, your experience in equality, diversity and inclusion, or EDI as it's sometimes abbreviated? Yeah, yeah, of course. So as you sort of mentioned in your introduction, I started out my career with netball, um, which is a famously women and girls only sport. So I often joke that I sort of started doing EDI without really knowing about it. And then I just kind of carried on doing it and picked up the baton from wherever I was going next. So um, when I moved on to other organisations, I've been involved with things like resource development, um, you know, involved in surveys and basically trying to tap into how we can make sports more equal diverse and inclusive so um yeah I've been in post here at British Canoeing since January uh, and it's been a real real ride so far really exciting time to be in this kind of sector and this kind of space and yeah just really excited to have lots of conversations really interesting conversations with lots of different groups of people like like I am today so yeah that's where I am awesome thank you for that so yeah like I said we're going to have a um a bit of a conversation around equality diversity and inclusion today um, I will probably abbreviate it for the rest of the podcast because That's it's fine. a bit of a mouthful. So, yeah, around EDI today. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off and just throw a question out there that I don't think has sort of one definitive answer, mm-hmm. and it's what is equality, diversity, and inclusion? It's a it's a really really broad topic. So it encompasses lots and lots of different conversations. But if you were to kind of take the three words individually, um, equality is essentially around everybody having an equal opportunity to access opportunities or activities, experiences or the sport um when we look at diversity it's about seeing a wider range of people that share characteristics or come from different backgrounds um but basically sort of evidence that difference between individuals and, and between communities and then inclusion is literally what it says on the tin it's about you know when making we're making sure that people are included uh, and when they're accessing opportunities that you know they feel that they belong and that they can actually you know even get there in the first place so that kind of gives a, an overview of those those three definitions but it is it is really wide ranging it, you know it covers lots and lots of different facets of a of a really ongoing conversation no lovely thank you and i mean i think a lot of coaches will have a a rough understanding of the topic and it's really interesting to hear it in more detail and and start that conversation so um obviously you've coached before Mm -hmm. in terms of your own coaching philosophy and, Mm -hmm. and how you've coached before what what does EDI mean to you in that capacity 
Yeah, so my my primary sport is netball. As I as I said, it's where I started my career as well. So I do t- definitely you know coach a lot of women and girls. You know that's that's where the focus is. But for me, I think inclusion is all about addressing barriers that exist to different people. It's all about you know making sure that people have an opportunity to get into the sport in the first place. I've had amazing experiences through sport. I started as a volunteer coach. I've been you know I've gone to competitions. I've you know volunteered at university done lots and lots of different things and I come from a relatively you know privileged background and I think that for me in my philosophy it's about like I said taking down those barriers addressing the reasons why people can't get into the sport or feel that they can't get into the sport um yeah and I think you know I just want people that I coach to have as many opportunities in the same way that I have and uh yeah a, a way of doing that is is taking down those barriers and I feel I have a really important role in that as a coach Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for your honesty there. Um, so, yeah, moving on slightly. Why? Why? And this this is something we talk about a lot on the podcast. It's all well and good knowing sort of um, the theory, the explanation and how. But the main thing, and this is the thing that Lee was always talking about um, to me, uh, is, is why. Why should coaches consider how inclusive their sessions are? I think one of the most important things is that coaches are often for a lot of people, they're the first people they ever come into contact with. They're that first point when they go to a session or they try something new at an activity center or, you know, they go down to their, their local lake or anything like that. Um, that first experience when that person is like shaking in their boots thinking, oh my goodness, what am I doing for the first time ever? You know, that experience is so crucial to help more people get out on the water. And then on top of that, coaches also stay with people throughout the course of their you know career if you want to call it that or their experience so it's not actually just about those first ever contact pieces it's also about the ongoing journey um you know coaches are often looked to as people to be trusted they help them improve out on the water you know help them to tackle skills they can't quite you know get their heads around so if coaches aren't delivering sessions that sort of make everybody feel included but also draw people in from the outside and think well actually that's somewhere that I could see myself um or even just inadvertently excluding groups that you know without even really knowing about it it can really impact people's long-term enjoyment of the sport as well so there's a there's a lot of that And I also think what's possibly even more important when it comes to coaching sport generally, not just paddling, um, you know, sport does more than just help people be active. It can help people manage their mental health and well-being. It can help people find a community, somewhere that they feel like they actually belong. They're people that are like them or make them feel that they belong to that community, even if they're not like them. Um, You know, it can help people find their voice. It can be empowering. They can become leaders. Um, And it's somewhere that people can just be themselves. And coaches are really, really key facilitators of all that great, great stuff that goes on in those spaces. And, you know, personally, I feel that coaches and myself included, you know, we, we have a duty to make sure sessions and, and our sport is welcome to everyone in equal measure. Yeah, I completely agree. And just sort of picking up on, on a couple of things you said there. So you said sort of coaches and their actions being remembered. I mean, um, I remember my first coach when I sort of started playing different sports when I was younger. Um, yeah, when I was 10, when I started sort of taking part in sports, I remember a coach very well, James Rice was his name. Um, and he had such a, a big impact on me because I weren't the best athlete at all and actually made me feel really included and really welcome and ensured that mm. I had a place in every session that was taking part to the stage where I then got better and actually really enjoyed it because I was a better athlete. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, 11 years down the line from that first session with him, I probably haven't seen him in six or seven years, but um, I still remember him sort Absolutely. of clear his day and, and the impact he had. And I think actually as a coach, people have coaches, deploys, employees, anyone around paddle sports and, and variety of sports have a beautiful responsibility in the fact that they are a massive Absolutely. role model to all participants and they will be remembered and will have a massive impact on each and every participant's life. Um, so, yes, yeah, as you said, really important as a coach to make sure that you're inclusive and, and that people are coming and enjoying your sessions. I totally agree. And I have to say, actually, it's interesting because it's so nice to hear that you, you know, lots of us have had really positive experience with coaches. When I was a, a young netball player, you know, sort of early secondary school age, I, you know, had a couple of experience with, with coaches that were really negative. And luckily I was somebody who was, um, you know, desperately headstrong and wanted to play. And I was, I'd always been active and luckily that didn't put me off. You know, I, I felt very excluded with, you know, within the sessions and I felt that I wasn't being selected and those kinds of things. And it did definitely come down to, you know, people, I'm very, a very loud, bubbly person. And that was something that was sometimes criticized within, within that sporting space. And, you know, luckily I was somebody that kind of carried on, but that sticks with me. That's something I always remember that. And I always think to myself, I never, ever want to make somebody feel that way, whether it's by accident, it would never be on purpose. So you would hope it would always be by accident but you know those those experiences stay with people whether you're 7 17 47 you know regardless of where you are in your journey in sport somebody might make you feel tiny and that will be the end of it nobody will want to come back you know so yeah we coaches are just so you're so right they definitely beautiful responsibility is a really nice way of putting it. it it is definitely that yeah and actually something you alluded to there is is something that always gets discussed in a coaching context, even without taking EDI into consideration is individualization. Mm -hmm. Every individual is different and we have to make sure that the sessions are inclusive to every single individual. Um, and that, that is be it needs physically, mentally, um, or in terms of just how they like to be coached. So um, obviously we've looked at the why, which is something very important and we'll keep that theme going throughout, but how can a coach listening, an employer, deployer, a paddle sports instructor listening, ensure that sessions are diverse and inclusive? So um, I think if you ask any coach if their session is inclusive, like most of them will say, yeah, of course, you know, anyone can come down, you know, anyone's welcome to come to my sessions that's fine but I think we have a responsibility as coaches to really reflect on our sessions and certainly our sport more generally to kind of take a look at the participants that come to our session or the club members we might have if that's the the space that you're in um and kind of you know we have to ask ourselves those questions you know why do we see lower numbers of women participating why might we see you know lower lower representation from people from the black communities that exist across Britain and then the UK um and actually, I think a question we should probably be asking ourselves as coaches is something more along the lines of kind of how can I be actively inclusive? So that kind of means, you know, what's that constant ongoing process? Yes. OK, you think that right now your sessions are inclusive, you feel that your practices are inclusive and that's fantastic. But it's actually about looking at that session in front of you and then actively always reviewing and asking, how would this look from somebody else's perspective? Actually, what could I do anyway that would cater for a wider group of people, even if they aren't currently in my sessions? Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a really broad question. And I think you can also take it as probably a good thing or a bad thing, but the list of how can I is 
a million miles long <laughs> there are that you know there are so many different things that you could do some of them are very specific to groups of people so you know like you've alluded to there if you're coaching people with disabilities there will be obviously certain things that need to be in place in order to enable them to access um, that activity for others it might you know it's more general it's about having that general inclusive space so um i think you know a lot of a lot of coaches as well you've already alluded to that as well individually individualization excuse me is a key core skill of, of any coach you know we adapt sessions on the basis of I don't know age skill um, you know all of those things we already we already do that so actually the same guiding principles exist within inclusion so you know th th there's probably already a step in there so um, yeah th it's a it's a big old list <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can imagine and, and again sort of Along that topic, speaking of, of big lists, I'm now going to move on to ask sort of what common barriers are that people face that, that should be considered. And I'm going to emphasise now to the listeners that this is not an exhaustive section. The list is absolutely massive. This is just some examples that you may have come across that are prominent within sort of paddle sports and other sports that are prominent yeah. barriers. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're totally right. It's very, very complex. And everybody, even within a particular community, you know, will we'll face different barriers for a multitude of different reasons. And, you know, we talk a lot about um, in this space as well around intersectionality, which is a concept which essentially means that if you have more than one protected characteristic, you essentially have kind of like a compounded factor of barriers. So for example, you might be um, a woman who exists in a black community. So you may face instances of racism, but you may also um, you know, face barriers around sexism uh, you know, in that space as well. So um, there's so much complexity to it. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, some of the key ones that we might face are you know barriers could be physical people could have you know you know physical accessibility requirements um you know whether that's to do with disability or age um and actually that can then obviously lead into feeling that they won't be able to or they're not comfortable getting into a craft if they don't feel that there are you know accessible options available to them um they can be related to attitudes not just of the person accessing the sport but also people already in the sport whether that's coaches as you know or whether it's club members or other members in that in that session space if people around you have very kind of exclusive attitudes it can create kind of a, a hostile environment that people might not want to return to or feel that they're, they're going to be judged or or excluded without you know before they've even got there and then they can also really be related to perceived skill or, or danger, especially with us being a water sport. You know, if we don't see ourselves represented in spaces where we don't feel confident, we don't. I think there's there's a, a natural assumption that actually we might not belong or we can't do it. Um, so yeah, that they may feel that they're not going to be able to paddle successfully, or that you know any kind of you know, especially when you look at some of the things along slalom and white water. Actually, I think oh goodness, no, that's that's far too dangerous for me. So I think there's also a danger of kind of perceived barriers as well, and and along that line as well so that that again leads me quite nicely onto my next question and obviously perceived barriers can come from both participants coaches mm. carers anyone um and it's something that like you say is often something that can be overcome it's just perceived as um potentially too much effort to work around um and and, and bits and pieces like that but what if anything do you think stops coaches from tackling inclusion topics now this could be anything from uh, a physical uh, mm -hmm. disability it could be mental impairment it could be part of a community that is 
um, discriminated against. So like you say, the um, BAME communities or various religions, anything like that. What do you think stops coaches from tackling inclusion topics, if anything? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think the number one for me is, is fear. Um, I think the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of trying and being branded as discriminatory because it's not quite right, fear of saying the wrong thing, fear of not knowing. Um, I think, you know, given the topics that were brought up in, you know, during the protests in the summer of last year, I think we found ourselves in a space that was quite fearful. We were being faced with a lot of accusatory questions and I think that feeds that it, you know the oh no I don't know what to do you know I'm just going to leave it alone um you know like I said earlier I think there there's so much that you can do but also sometimes one of the best things you can do is just to admit that you don't have the answers yet you'd like to know you want to do better and you're you're actively trying to work in that space um but I think often fear can stop coaches you know myself included you know in earlier times of my career uh, as a coach you you kind of back away from some of those things you think I I don't know enough about this I don't I don't want to I don't want to look at it I don't want to touch it you know it's not for me so I think you know letting the fear overcome you and and just stop you from addressing any of it can do far far more harm than you trying and getting it wrong a couple of times um I think the second thing is is kind of closely related it, it you know it's part of it but it's lack of knowledge um lots of coaches are really new to some of these conversations whether it is to do with you know EDI generally or whether it's about more specific topics like gender identity or, or bias or you know some of those more nitty-gritty pieces that they feel like they might need a bit of more you know support resources education around um the good news is there's loads out there you know free resources that you can access on the internet books podcasts videos there's netflix documentaries you know there is a an endless bucket of resources out there for people to tap into and for coaches to really you know grow their knowledge and understanding and I think it's not it's not just about learning about those those communities or, or those groups of people it's also about learning about what stops them from participating and if if coaches have an opportunity to tap into underrepresented communities whether it's from them locally or just people that don't come to their sessions very often or that you know more generally are underrepresented in the wider sport you know that that in and of itself is a is, is a way for us to start to reconnect with those communities and bring them into the conversation thank you for having us um that is really useful now again alluded to in the question lovely for for me so it makes the, <laughs> the, the jump between questions really really yeah really good is sort of looking at how can coaches expand their understanding of EDI. Now, this might not be every coach listening to this. Um, mm -hmm. Coaches are a very inclusive bunch in general because they're normally trying to get everyone involved in their sessions. Mm -hmm. um, and it might not be every aspect of EDI they want to look at. It might be certain aspects and it might not be for them. It might be for colleagues, mm -hmm. peers that they feel that, that, that could do with some support. So how can coaches expand their understanding of EDI or start a conversation with other coaches surrounding equality, diversity and inclusion? Yeah, of course. Um, like, I, like I said, there are so many brilliant resources out there um, that, and you know, there are, there are whole organizations, in fact, not just resources, whole organizations that exist to tackle the very specific topic of EDI in sport. So, you know, the first one would be asking questions of the people that, that work for those organizations would probably be a good start, but, you know, people are um, able to access 
resources from all over. So, you know, UK Coaching, a really well-known organization that delivers a huge library of resources and, and courses. And it includes anything from, you know, coaching people with autism to, um, you know, how you can make um, your coaching sessions more accessible to people with disabilities through to, um, you know, just over all, overall all-inclusive inclusion modules, which is, uh, that's inclusion far too many times in that sentence. But, um, you know, a couple of examples would be, you know, Mind has a physical activity and exercise toolkit to support providers and deliverers, um, you know, just to de either deliver more inclusive sessions for people that might have mental health problems, but also for people that are using sport, physical activity and exercise to manage mental health and well-being. So that's somewhere that you can you can start with that that conversation. Um, Stonewall have the Make Sport Everybody's Game or Everyone's Game toolkit, which focuses on um, LGBTQ inclusion. Activity Alliance have toolkits about anything from kind of inclusive language to use around people that have disabilities all the way through to inclusive comms. So, you know, there's a lot, there's lots out there. It's just a case of, like you said, you know, drilling down into which pieces you want to start with. Some are more complex than others, but there is absolutely plenty out there. I think something else I would probably mention is that if, and I sort of alluded to it previously, is if you have the opportunity and you have contact with people that might come from underrepresented communities that we know uh, sort of you know we have certain disparities within the sport currently either you know generally across the sporting sector or within paddling more specifically um or you have you know people that have protected characteristics you might have a trans paddler that your or, uh, that comes to your sessions or you might have a, a paddler with a disability if they're they're working with you if they are willing and they would like to you know support you asking the question of you know what's your journey what's been your journey into paddling what made it easier what were the barriers what do you think we could do to improve you know that that taking that is like you know it's from the horse's mouth isn't it it's that that instant connection with those communities and they can guide you um to understand a little bit more and spending time to understand their journey could be really insightful for coaches the only caveat i would give to that is that we should always be careful as coaches and as anyone who's trying to you know get involved in this conversation around inclusion is that we shouldn't rely on whole communities to educate us on certain topics it should be our responsibility to do the groundwork it should be our responsibility to you know dig into all the terminology and the history and you know understand those basics but actually when it comes to some of those specifics you know what made you what, what's your journey been what what could we do that what could we learn from you um you know that could be that could be really helpful but like I said the the groundwork the the bit that comes first there are there are lots of resources out there that coaches can start to use to really improve their knowledge thank you Helen. that's 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 really useful now um we're gonna we're gonna sort of come to to wrapping this up now because i think it's been really useful to start a conversation with coaches and, and start them reflecting and thinking on their own sort of practice within the edi realms as such um what i am going to say though is if any coach wants to reflect on it more or has any questions please feel free to get in contact with the coaching department or Helena and um, the contact details are all on the British Canoeing mm -hmm. website under the our staff page and we're more than happy to pick up a conversation and, and help that reflection process sort of take place so thank you very much for today Helena I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing it more you're welcome in the episodes. it's been brilliant 